Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a chat with PH Dre. I am Captain Carrot, and naturally, I am joined tonight by PH Dre. Hello, Welcome. everybody. This is PH Dre. Good to see you guys. Uh, got a really we got a lot of people here tonight, so let's uh, let's have some happy customers. Thanks so much for having me, Carrot. I really appreciate it. Always an absolute pleasure. Now, of course, you are. A, a member from the mists of time, almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, twenty, twenty, twenty nine, twenty ten. That's uh, <laughs> I think this is day two of Euro ten. So, this is my my day. This is when I when I came into the world of Europea. I actually came to Europea from a region that came out of a conglomerate of regions called the called the Commonwealth, and I was from a region called the Imperium. And um, we had this amazing recruitment software. Uh, Basically, if you logged on to their forum, you could shoot TGs to region to nations as they were formed, essentially, which was at the time, this is eight years ago, seven years ago, incredibly, um, incredibly powerful. Yes, the Commonwealth became Region Inc., but a lot of their recruitment technology left and ended up going into into the Imperium, if I recall correctly. Um, And... Um, so, so I was in that region and found out that, you know, apparently we had signed a treaty with this region I had never heard of called Europea. I'm not, uh, not bastardizing pronunciation, everybody, for the record. This is how we, this is how we pronounce it on the show today. <laughs> on Europea. So, so people were coming in and joining, making accounts on, in this region I was a part of, the Imperium, just to recruit. Um... And I think that I was interested in this region. I heard it was political. I was, at the time, I think I was like a medium-sized fish in a pretty small pond. There were maybe 10 active members on that forum, five active members. I ended up becoming president of that, of that region pretty quickly or, you know, sub-president sub, uh, sub to like the founder who would not let go of any control over the region. Um, so after a while, I ended up, finding my way to Arapea as a result of this recruitment treaty slash culture treaty that we had with, with Arapea. And I remember my first post in Arapea, you can actually go back all the way to my first post. And I believe it's something like, wow, this is so overwhelming. You have so many topics and forums and sub forums. I don't know where to start. And, you know, actually I still feel that way, which is why I always browse by active topic. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that, that was like my first memory of Arapea was finding out about this region from, uh, from some sort of treaty that we had, recruitment treaty, and being completely overwhelmed by how much activity was happening. And this was back in 2009, 2010, mind you, when the region was still only fractionally as large and influential. And, you know, the, the forum activity, I want to say, wasn't as, as big. We did not, definitely did not have as many active members on the on the region as we, as we had now. <laughs> Certainly an interesting way to come to the region. And I, I would just like to take a moment to point out the absolute beauty of both our community and the chat system for a live broadcast. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. I I'm, I'm always love being on the radio. Um, considered by some to be the father of radio, I think that uh, maybe uh, I might be in a, a domestic partnership with Hai and, and Mala in that respect. Um, but no, it's it's always fun to to, to be on. 
if not one of the fathers, certainly one of the uncles that teaches us bad habits. Yeah, maybe the good habits. Maybe the good habits that we forgot. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, of course, after you arrived in your peer use, you must you did have a fairly eventful time well, compared to compared to what new members are used to. You went through the 2011-2012 period of nuttiness that I've heard so much about. Well, yeah, I mean, even even before that, I mean, I remember one of my first memories of Arapeo was um, CSP uh, voted no confidence, and he just got elected, you know, he just got, well, not elected, he just got, he became president on accident, essentially, and he got VONC'd, and I was like, whoa, this, I gotta be a part of this. Um, I love how political this region is. It was... And I obviously had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely no idea um, what I was doing as, as a newcomer. I ended up um, – so one of my friends from the from the Imperium went on a Senate uh, absence. And back then, as there is now – but I think it's used a lot less frequently now. Um, back then, Senate substitutes were pretty frequent. And I was you know tapped to be a Senate substitute even as – someone who really didn't have that much experience with European laws. And I got right into it. And um, I was a Senate substitute. There was a by-election. I believe he resigned. Um, and then I uh, went and became a senator. And I, I won that election. And um, the next term, I became Senate Speaker and Minister of Interior. Um, I was in Roy Reuters' administration, I want to say, as his, um, as his Minister of Interior. Um, and at the time, the NCP, which was like the major political power, uh, really was sort of colored by their previous affiliation with Falk slash Champagne Jam slash, you know, traitor slash guy that I'm actually like in real life when I when I chatted with him. He's a cool guy, but definitely did, was not good for Arapea. Um, and uh, so they could not win that election. When I, when I ran for president, I just kind of was like, oh, I don't know, I'll, I'll run for president. I, uh, I, what happened to my speech? What happened to my speech? I don't know. I don't know what happened to my speech, but I, I was just like, I don't know. I'll, I'll run for president. And, um, and I ran against SWAC, who at the time had never won a presidential election. And I think he was a first time runner. I don't recall exactly, but he had no chance just because the old guard backed me, which for God knows what reason. Um, I actually remember my first time I ever spoke to HEM was after I announced that I was running for president. I think he was like, so this guy's probably going to be the next president because I'm going to have to back him because I don't want the NCP to win. But who is this guy? And then he like messaged me and was like, hello, you know, do you know about our history? And so he like gave me a little history lesson about Arapea. And I was just like immediately like, oh my God, what, uh, what, what am I going to, what am I going to do? Like, like this is, this is a little overwhelming. And so uh, that's how I became president of Arapan. <laughs> that's marvelous. I d <laughs> and I'm getting a lot of slack from my pronunciations. But for, con it, for context, uh, at this point in time, we have both Lethen and Hyango in the chat. Slagging me off. For his pronunciation of European Rugia's. <laughs> and Apia. How not to how not to pronounce about Arapea? How to talk about it very eloquently, <laughs> mispronouncing everything, but doing it in a hell of a way. 
it's it's absolutely marvelous. So yeah, that that's um that's essentially how I how I peaked in Arapea uh, six weeks after I started, and um, from there uh, it's been all up downhill. You could say uh, <laughs> that was my greatest contribution. So, well, obviously you have almost seven years thereabouts of yeah, experience that's in the region. Yeah, after that, I actually stuck around for seven more years, believe it or not. That was still the the greatest thing that I've done is uh, is way back then. It's actually funny looking back. I forget that I ran for vice president a few times. Um, like, you know, sometimes you just don't remember these campaigns that you were a part of. Um, I apparently ran a very tight campaign um, with, Jesus Christ, I want to say against CSP. Um, I ran a super tight campaign and, and I was almost vice president under Skizzy. We lost essentially because he told Ander to go fuck himself. Um, literally told him to go F himself. Um, and that's the, so I was super bitter about that because I've never been vice president and I was like, God damn it, Skizzy. Like if you had just gotten you like, <laughs> like uh, a day if you just censored yourself, you just straight up was like, nah, <laughs> fuck you. And it was, it was amazing. It became a meme. And he should have won anyways. But <laughs> Did Ando respond? And how many paragraphs did it take? Uh, I'm sure that he, it was a very eloquent fuck you too. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it was definitely a quintessential Arapaean moment left. In, but it cost me the vice presidency. So if anybody's ever trying to be you know, president, and uh, wants to to loop me in, then you know, uh, I, I will take vice presidency. It's I need to check it off the bucket list. So, what, uh, coming back from, uh, from a fairly lengthy absence, wasn't it? I forget when last time you were around quite Ooh. actively was. So, so basically, after I was pre- I was president, and I planned on running for president again, and. Uh, I, I realized, you know, I was going to college um, in the winter, in, in the fall. And I had the summer term where I had a lot of free time just to basically j- jerk around and be president of Arapea and, you know, think that I was doing a good job, I guess, kind of doing doing a good job. Um, but uh, I, I ended up apparently getting really good uh, approval rating. But a lot of that was, you know, we, we had a a year that was marked by so many resignations and instability that I think everybody was happy to see someone who was sane and, you know, not a, a criminal and not a traitor, um, run the region for a term. So that, that was my legacy, essentially being sane relative to everybody else. Um, so I, said, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm actually resigning from nation states, but I really love this. And then, you know, you get to college, and you're like, shit, I can't quit. This is too much fun. And um, Anumia was president. And that's when I started Aftermath, which, well, that's when at least Aftermath became a real political force for me to channel what was a little bit of disappointment in the direction of the leadership of the region and you know just because i've always been a little bit of a provocateur um and also because everyone liked me like everybody liked me and would like tell me secrets and tell me dirt 
So I would get scoops ahead of time, which happens now. Everybody finds out stuff ahead of time. But I took that to my advantage and uh, attempted to, you know, I don't know, like play a role in being the opposition to the Anumia presidency. Um, I want to say, Lethan, that your Anumia's pre- uh, presidency with Aftermath became a thing before after. I would have to look into whether or not the Minister of Cultivation was a thing before after uh, Aftermath. But um, essentially, you know, I would allow for anonymous commentary and anonymous articles. Um, I want to say it was before, actually. I'm sorry, Lethan. I believe it was before that. This is Anumia's first term um, way back in the day. Um, so these anonymous articles were generally pretty aggressively you know, critical. And the worst part about it, I think, for Anumia was that I wouldn't make shit up. I would get you know, primary sources often from, from ministers or, um, or, or from his vice president. I'll, I'll just say, like, I was getting stuff from, like, the, uh, the very much the ground floor of people who were not happy with the leadership or the direction of the region or with particular programs. And um, I would either publish their comments or take their articles and, like, you know, spruce them up to have a, a coherent uh, singular writing style and, uh, and a single voice. And I would publish them in Aftermath. And that, that definitely was the most critical that I, I, that I've seen the region in terms of not crossing the line. I think Aftermath did a good job of not crossing the line, but you know, people are very free to disagree. And yeah, Rand Lowell from his vice president. Yeah. Um, that those, some of my anonymous sources were, were from very deep within the administration. And that's why I always would like kind of smile when he would tell me that I was making shit up. I was like, yeah, I mean, I got logs. I'm not going to publish them. I never, never said a single name. I never threw anybody under the bus that I recall. If I did, I'm sorry. Uh, but I was, I would protect my sources. I was gonna, I was gonna be like, you know, the Washington Post during Watergate. I wasn't gonna be, you know, snitching on, uh, on people who honestly did not feel comfortable coming out and publicly critiquing the administration. That's something that I've seen as a pattern is that oftentimes we either have like cults of personality in the form of Anunia where, you know, critiquing him at the time, he was the God emperor and critiquing him was unheard of. And so when I did it, first of all, it made, he hated me, but also there was only one person he could hate because everybody else was giving me sources anonymously, was providing me anonymous information so he couldn't essentially stop the leaks within his own administration. And there was only one person for that fury to, to sort of be centered on. And um, I think that, you know, more recently, we've also seen, you know, different individuals who might react more volatilely to, uh, to criticism. And some people, for their political or personal, you know, beliefs, they just don't want, don't feel comfortable publicly critiquing people. And so I've always thought that there was a room for anonymous criticism and an, an anonymous um, anonymous commentary in, in the region. Um, so that's that's aftermath. I think that you know a lot of people are really, really uh, praiseworthy of it and the work that I did um, and the work that you know obviously all the anonymous sources wrote. I know Hi absolutely wrote some probably wrote some amazing articles. Um, I honestly don't remember who wrote a lot of the articles, which is why I'm a really good source for like holding all this anonymous commentary and publishing it. 
because I legitimately do not remember a lot of the shit. <laughs> That's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Certainly a lot of interesting stuff going on back then. I'm probably fortunate that most of the nastiness that I've heard about has mellowed over the years. Yeah, I think that it's not so much nastiness as it is just like, for example, I mean, I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to, but like I, I can say is that like people were uncomfortable criticizing Picto. Um, and I had some private conversations with people who were saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable talking to him. And like, I don't feel comfortable challenging him directly in public. I mean, I've never really had that problem with airing my concerns in public. Um, but I mean, I also am like a 25 year old person who is very comfortable with, I know where, what my role is in Arapaia. Like I'm the person that you don't like if you're in a position of power. That's just like, no one really likes me when I'm, when I'm telling you that I don't like what you're doing or that other people are telling you they don't like what you're doing. Um, I think that that has a, a role to play. Like that, that there needs to be that role in the region. Um, I think there's a line that you need to, 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 to straddle and make sure that you're not crossing over. Um, I remember reading over some old threads recently and like Skizzy saying, you know, if you just make this game not fun for people, they won't play anymore. But I also think it's like, if, I completely agree, but it's also, you know, if the region sucks because we don't do anything or aren't making things better, then, you know, people are also not going to play. So I think that you need to be able to, 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 to straddle that line. Hmm. Are there any significant differences between Europea when you joined and were in extreme, <laughs> well, not extreme, in more power and now? Yeah, I think that like the biggest thing is, you know, everybody who you ask this question to has has grown and changed as a person. And so like one thing is I know it's harder for me to connect to newer members. Um and that's that's partly of an age gap thing. And I I sat down, grabbed a an adult beverage with CSP the other day actually, um, when he was in my city. Um and it, a lot of it is that we've grown and uh, you know Lethen, Hi, myself, HEM, CSP, we've all we've all become you know we've all become different people than we were when we started. But I think also the region itself has changed. And I think that part of my observations are that I'm more mature now than I was, um, and part of it is that the region that the region has changed. But I think that um, like the political, uh, I think we've become more of a club than we used to be. Um, I think we had clubs in the past, like NCP, you know, these other political groups. Um, I mean, the, the cult of Anumia was a thing during Aftermath. Um, but I think that we were more aggressive politically um, than we are now. I think that we've fallen into a willingness. I think also we just had more more. I'd, more capable people who are willing to do the hard work and that's not an attack on anybody but right now like for myself I'm like i don't need to be in a position of power like that's not what i want anymore i'm very happy with with not doing that and i think that a lot of other older members feel that way too so back then it was always like oh my god there can be like crazy political struggles and you know aches ran unopposed i mean I think part of that was that he built such a coalition that he would have steamrolled anybody. And like, you know, Calvin was politically smart to get out of the way. Um, 
but you know part of it is we you don't have the ganas you don't have the uh you don't have the the want nobody's there like there's not like three or four people that like i all want it now and i'm going to get it um so that's something that i think has changed a little bit like when i ran for president i kind of was like i just want to do this i just want to want to be the president so i ran and i didn't really know what i was doing and it accidentally i think probably the most lucky president ever in the sense that like i slipped right in between you know the anomia cult and the the falc cult that's essentially how he became president um but you know maybe we need more people that are just going to say like you know i want this i'm going to i'm going to take it and it's okay to want things it's okay to want things in this game but just take what you want or try to at least well on the subject of olden times and how long here has been around we are, we are currently in the second day of the 10th anniversary week. 10 yeah. years of euros. Quite a thing um, to think of, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's nuts. What's also nuts about it is it really makes me scared that I've been here for the majority of it. Like That is the scariest part for me, that I've at least been around and like come and gone and seen it grow. and like I've been here for longer than, than a half of its life. That, that is nuts to me. And like I remember back when I was here, when I first started in like reading about the ancient history that was 2007 and 2008, and I started early 2010, and that seemed like ancient history. Sometimes I log onto the forums; it, it makes me a little scared. Like it makes me like a little bit of an awe of what we've made here. Um, I remember sometimes I log on. I'm like, I wonder if this region is still here. Like I, I remember one time like logging in after two years, being like, I wonder if Arapay is still around. Like oh. Not only is it still around, it's doing better than ever. Or like it's more active than it ever was. That that's really a testament to how much energy we put in and how much we enjoy hating each other in this game. We, we just love it. We we are clearly all masochists because we just love sitting around chatting with each other all the time and just hating the guts out of each other, but making it work. I mean, even the people who don't like each other, they stick around, right? It's like. We just made this club and everybody's in it and we just kind of fight it out amongst ourselves to decide who gets to be the president of a of an internet forum it's pretty amazing it, it, it is amazing and so very very nerdy yeah oh my god i try to explain it to my friends and sometimes i just i stop and i'm like adrian oh phra don't do this to yourself so i don't <laughs> and now you know now you know why why my nickname is Ph Dre. So I go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, it, it, is, it is marvelous to see the to see a community like this thriving after quite quite a long time, even in real world standards for some things. Yeah, no, we, we've been we've been around longer than. Uh... I could have I could have played that off. I did play it off. I don't know what you're talking about. That was my friend's name. I was talking to my friend. Anyways, go ahead. Go ahead, Carrot. Ah, oh, chat interactions. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I suppose now is actually a time to get onto one of the more the, the the topics that people wanted to hear your thoughts on the most. They care what I think. I love it. Bring it yes, on. Yes, it's it's amazing. People do care what so, uh, what the weird radio nerds care, think. Mm. 
of course, naturally, you're one of the founding fathers, one of the naughty men who are responsible for us using Mixler and one of the pioneers in getting it started in Europe. Mm-hmm. What brought it about? Jesus. I mean, honestly, like most things, my memory, I am not the best historian. But I remember when Mala was running for president, he wanted this Ministry of Innovation. And I don't think he really wanted the Ministry of Innovation. He more wanted me inside of his administration, either as vice president or as Minister of Innovation. He wanted to explore this world of like podcasts and you know radio like radio this this uh, talking over the mic to somebody else and reaching into their world and having like a really honest conversation that you can't you can't really have that over a uh over text forms i i will say okay i'm getting so much slack for my pronunciation <laughs> but, you know, i will also be very quick i hope to correct me um what will be quick to uh, Mala, 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 Sean. Um, uh, Hi, will be quick to correct me with all the you know accuracies that I have re- regarding this. But um, so I remember European Overseas Network or EON was like our first attempt at a public, you know, at, at a European government sanctioned uh, media outlet, and that's essentially what created. That's how we discovered Mixler when, you know, Hi and myself sat down and were brainstorming. We have an amazing hour, two hour, three hour conversation over, I think over Skype actually that we did recorded, um, just talking, you know, vocally back and forth about what kind of cool stuff could we do with radio, where radio could go, um, and, and like the opportunities that were afforded to Arapea through Mixler, not in particular, but we thought of it back then as like, what would EON give us? What would like radio, what would audio interaction give us? It was a very long three hour. It might've even been a four hour, three hour Skype conversation. That's how long it was. Um, but that conversation is lost to time. So all we have left is yeah, apparently High has the logs in the convo. I'm just, I'm behind. But that he needs would to send be them to very me. interesting to hear. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. Um, so some of that has like been practiced. Some of it hasn't been. Um, honestly, to, to tell you the honestly God truth, I feel like sometimes I kind of had I like laid an egg of what radio was. I wasn't entirely satisfied with how I left Mixler when I when I left the region. Um, perfect. Hi, send it my way. I want the recorded conversation. Um, uh, I feel like I laid an egg with Hi and Mala, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's like I kind of left this thing there, the foundations, you might say, like dug the foundations, and I came back, and apparently I had built the skyscraper, if that makes sense. I sometimes like kind of shake my head to myself, like at the things that I've done in this game slash in this region. And uh, what I'm known for is, you know, my one term that I just kind of like jump back into Arapea for, for a term and a half, and suddenly I'm the, the godfather of uh, of radio. It's it certainly has, it certainly has been a a great experience to be part of it. 
Yeah, no, we we were talking about you know just before we went on air, three years almost of uh, of Euro Radio, and like that's that's a lot of man hours that I'm responsible for. Um, I feel bad that I've made you waste so much time on the radio. This is totally my fault in that respect. <laughs> and you know, I would say that it wasn't the first time that audio had been tried. I was actually bouncing around with some people trying to pinpoint the first radio slash you know audio things that happened i know like for example in aftermath i had two or three aftercast i called them aftercast podcasts um anumia did an audio address when he was president basically saying oh you know if you don't like me vonc me whatever um but you know the first interactive you know back and forth with with another person i want to say was aftercast so we we did take that forward into the Ministry of Innovation. And that was something that, you know, Mala definitely recognized. And to his credit was like, this is something that as a policymaker, I want this to be like my, I think he called it his bell labs when he described innovation. Um, I, I want this to be something that comes out of my term better for it. And um, I'm happy that, you know, even if I didn't do the best job that I could have, I mean, here we are having this conversation almost three years later. We must have done something right. Indeed. No, I'm, I'm curious in those early days as to what you thought might become of it. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely, uh, well, it was a pipe dream. We, we definitely had high hopes. So the European Overseas Network, I want to say, was going to be some, essentially what, the European standard and all these other newspapers were kind of attempting to be, we wanted to be reaching out into other regions and interviewing their foreign leaders and doing cultural exchanges with them over the radio. We wanted essentially radio to be the forefront of European like interaction with other regions. Um, so actually, if you go back and you look at those EON pieces, they are like, I want to say at least one of them is like with a dignitary from another region. And we were doing, we would record it. I would record it all previously and then play it back at a specific date when I could get, you know, like people from both regions in the room at the same time to react to it. And it was sort of like you played it and then we're like, hey guys, like, what do you think? Do you have any questions? We're here to continue the conversation with you. Um, and um, so I, I kind of expected it to continue down that line. I want to say that I remember being a little, not disappointed, but a little bit taken aback that it seemed like people were more interested in our dramatic readings and our more casual cultural experiences. Because I have always been like very much a, a non-spammer, very much like non-Republic like uh, Square person. So when I think it was like people like Sopo um, were really interested in doing dramatic readings and getting those off the ground, I remember like not being as enthusiastic. Like obviously it was supposed to be like it's for every- I didn't make it so that they wouldn't be included, and I didn't make the guides for how to get onto Mixler and edit stuff just so like people wouldn't use it for that kind of experience. But I always saw it primarily as a tool for. Arape to extend its influence in the world and kind of get its name out there and get people onto our radio, see that we're interesting people, intelligent people, check out our forums, 
I always saw it as sort of an extension of that. And um, I think that the it's also like it's much harder to produce that kind of content than it is to just do a dramatic reading or do a, like a hot take, you know, skeptic or believer in a specific issue. So I think that like the the, the kind of production that I imagine is just like so much more intensive in terms of excuse me in terms of organization in terms of in terms of like getting like getting people involved and coordinated whereas you can just kind of hop on and have a conversation that's a uh, republic square so so I, I think that's uh that was like one thing where i didn't see it going in the direction that it ended up you know a lot of other people were were interested in that kind of content and that's why we're still here today is because you know that kind of content carried carried uh carried radio into its own ministry even Yes, certainly. Any any sort of <laughs> large broadcast with foreign dignitaries is a challenge, especially if you're especially if you're trying to arrange things with someone you have no interaction with. Yeah, I mean, it was hard. It was um, it was definitely hard for you know, like you never met. You don't. It's hard to like meet someone for the first time and talk to them about their or you know about their foreign policy ideas and you know what their region is like that's not a natural conversation for people to have it makes more sense for people to have these sort of organic conversations uh, I, I always saw like my goal like i've always been more of a journalism person in especially in nation states um so like with aftermath for example and i always saw myself like if i really had like a, a vacation first of all and like the inclination to launch some sort of interregional newspaper, interregional radio show. And I almost think that I was actually talking to CSP about this um, over beers about how I could see a, you know, nation states independent radio of the independent sphere with reporters from different regions pre recording reports on their regions on different on the, on the takes that independent regions have on inter interregional politics on you know the latest on the latest you know uh, SC uh, proposal and um, like you know giving inter doing interviews with different regional leaders to get like you know what is Arapaea's perspective on liberate uh, Illuminati um, I always thought that that could have been like a really concise, cool way of incorporating radio with regional, with, with like the inner regional game, with with the greater gameplay game. And I think that that's like what I was really hopeful that um, that European Overseas Network, the EON, would ultimately be. And that's like what I had envisioned it. I think that's what Mala envisioned it as. And I'm sure that can use a lot of corrections, but. That was the dream, and um, that hasn't happened. Uh, but you know, that's also because that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, and it also requires generally it's one or two people who really push that through. And when they are less interested or when they become less active, I mean, it kind of dies with them. So I understand that that's like you know, it's not easy for that to happen. So that's, that's the state of radio as I would have loved it to be. But you know, that's not necessarily say that it would it's it would have been better off than where it is now. <laughs> that certainly would be an interesting project. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, a hell of a lot of work, but I think we, like, if you think about it, break it up, each reporter does a 10-minute segment that they pre-record with, with their own 
you know, Skype calls or, you know, Discord chats and throws it up in an MP3, sends it back to the original author or the original, the organizer, you could really end up with a pretty cool product once you edit it all together. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that's something that is out of the question. I think it's something that we could, we could still do that today. Um, and I would love for Arapea to, to like be the, the, the leader in that regard. I think that we have like so many smart and capable people here. It's just a question of making us give a damn and uh, we can really accomplish some incredible things. And that's like part of what happened. It just happened that myself, Mala and Hai were all in a position to think of some pretty cool ideas all at the same time and what happened. So it worked out pretty well. So what are your thoughts on the state of radio now? Um, I think that like these days, I think, I think that specifically um, like in this last term, I've been pretty disappointed with the, with the state of radio. Um, it felt like we were the ministry of uh, Euro today, not the, the ministry of uh, Euro tomorrow, if you want a really bad pun. Um, it, it felt like often we were pretty short-sighted with just making checking the boxes instead of you know assessing where what is radio's competitive advantage. You know, why do Europeans listen to radio? They don't listen to it for like rehashed ideas that they've heard like a thousand hot takes of on the forum. They want like Brun resigned. Oh my God. Like, let's find out what like three Europeans who are like politically active think right now. That's like always been like the, for me, the sexiest part of radio is that you can get like real time reactions. You can get people's unfiltered opinions that you don't get, you know, you're not going to get an under like conversation over radio. That's just not going to happen. People don't act that way in the real world. And they don't act that way when they're talking. They don't, they don't think that way. Um, so that's for me a, a little bit of been a disappointment. I also am a little disappointed that, uh, because it's so easy to do this, um, because this, it's so easy to do this, uh, like, what we're doing right now. We don't need to do it through the EDC. We don't need to do it through Euro Radio. I was also a little disappointed that, you know, it took however long it did for like ENN to get off the ground and be like, you know what? Screw this. We're going to do our own thing and, you know, make, make Euro Radio great again. Um, I would have loved to see we have like the golden age of journalism. I challenge European journalists to make this the golden age of radio. Like there's nothing stopping you from going out there and bugging somebody on Discord and being like, go into the voice chat with me, have a 30 minute conversation, 20 minute conversation, and then um, you edit that up on Audacity. Um, and if you don't know how, I can teach you, or a lot of other people can teach you. And let's just start popping out reports. Like we can make, we can really create a great product. I don't know if that's like the direction that the administra this administration or any administration might not necessarily want to go. But like as game players, we could really create some cool products and um, could turn this in. We could be like the NPR, the Euro public radio um, of nation states. And I, I think that like there's a lot of creative force and a lot of people who could do that. Jeez, I mean, like I, I say it and I think, oh, my God, that's so much work. But also like I'm kind of smiling as I think about it because it'd be so awesome. It would be so much fun. It would so. be indeed. Yeah, like that that's the that's the dream. That's the dream is uh you know, go on vacation for a week and uh just interview the hell out of everybody. That's like really if there's like one take is I just I love uh I love your journalism. Um it makes me happy when, when people, you know, 
way over credit me and say, you know, oh, you know, PHRA is like a lot for your journalism. It, it makes me happy, but it's also because like that's like really what I've liked the most about my time here in Europe is like being able to communicate your ideas um, in text over radio and uh, have an audience for it. Um, I don't know. That's that's really been where it's at for me. That's that's where I felt most happy is when I'm writing a free radio piece or when I'm writing an aftermath piece um, or, you know, interviewing someone on radio, coming up or creating an article. That's that's where I've always felt most comfortable. Yes, I, I will say interviews certainly are one of my favorite forms of show to do. Uh, especially especially this kind of chat where it just goes where we feel like going yeah no it's it's a lot of fun i've been on the other side of it and i know how fun it is to be able to navigate these conversations i think that like interviewing is a underrated skill to be able to bring the most out of your guest is something that you know oftentimes we'll listen we'll, we'll see a radio in euro in the euro Letho McCarthy forms. I'm butchering that too, but um, you're just like, geez, uh, this wasn't a very good interview. And there's others we think, wow, like this person asked all the right questions, and they were able to bring out a lot in the person that they were, you know, interviewing. And um, it's, I, I agree. It's just that's always been somewhere where I really felt maybe overcomfortable. Maybe I, I feel more comfortable than I should be there. But um, it's it's always been a, a, a place of comfort for me. All right, we've got uh, 14 and a half minutes left. No, 13 and a half minutes left. <laughs> yeah. Let's so, fill that air. Yeah, it's just uh, something else that was, something else that'll probably get a good discussion going. You've had a fair bit to do with the Citizens Assembly over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember when I first started, it was the City Council. And um, now, I mean, New name, you know, say same shit, just a different day. Uh, we got a we got a rebranded uh, car here, um, but it's the same thing. So runs as pretty as always. One um, careful old lady owner. Yeah, one capable lady owner. Um, she only drove it on Sundays to church at the demolition derby. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, my biggest takeaway from the. Yeah, the Grand Assembly even. Okay, that might be that might even predate me high. But I remember when I when I came back to Arapaio one of many times, um Mouse had an amazing reign as, you know, uh, I wanna say back even then it was uh the city council, maybe it was the citizens assembly. Citizens assembly. It was the citizen let's just say it was the citizens assembly. And um the problem with a lot of these institutions are when they get run by one person for um, for too long, they often adopt, like they become that person's institution. And it was that way when Dem, uh, most people here who do not know who Dem is, um, but Demarthia, I want to say, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, probably not, was the, um, what was essentially this, the city mayor of the, of the city council for some ridiculous number of terms in a row. Some ridiculous number of terms, and um, when when I followed up Mouse, those were big shoes to fill as as you know city chairman or as whatever the hell we call it these days as the chairman. Um, <laughs> and um, 
I remember there was a kind of this discussion going on around at the time and something that I wanted to, that I kind of adopted as my own idea and stole it completely and unabashedly was uh, full, uh, making every single person in Arapay, every citizen, an automatic member of the citizens assembly. Because back then, um, before my term, you actually had to sign up via roll call and it was pretty awful. You would have to straight up, there were incredible legal cases that were all based off of the wrong person who didn't realize they weren't actually a member anymore because they had forgotten to sign up for roll call, nominating the chairperson again for, for like for renominations and then that being an illegitimate nominations, just straight up terrible stuff. So that plus that plus, you know, the administrative side, plus the idea that like, I wanted this to be a learning body that was for all citizens. Like you could come to the region and the first day someone's like, guess what? You're a member of the citizens assembly. How awesome is this? Go, go, go. You got to get in there and become an awesome legislator. We need you. Um, That was my recruitment technique. That was like, that was also back when the citizens assembly was doing mentorship directly. Like we would send people. I would, as the, the chair, I was straight up, PMing new members, being like, I'm the chair of the Citizens Assembly. Welcome to Europea, and you are now a member of our of our grand tradition of this lower body, I say, but not really, of the Citizens Assembly. Um, so yeah, that was that was always for me like a really exciting thing to be a part of. I'm I'm very happy that I was able to play my part. Um for me to play my part into uh universal citizenship, universal suffrage for fair pains. And my understanding is that it later got cleaned up because we did a really bad job of it, but damn it, we wanted to get it done. You know, we wanted to get it through. And plus we, as with most citizens assembly measures slash most laws in Europea, the first pass is never the best one. So, you know, people improved on what we did and I'm happy that they did. And I'm happy that, you know, we, we started off on the right foot with, uh, with universal suffrage. I'm, that that is a really cool thing for me. It certainly has been had an interesting effect, and the, the the various arguments about whether or not it was a good idea have always been fun to watch. Yeah, don't blame me. Even though I said all those things, uh, it's totally not my fault. You know, you can uh, someone raise your hand. I'll blame Rand. He, he said something <laughs> about this was the first bill I ever posted in the CA. Okay, blame Rand. Blame Rand. It's his fault. <laughs> What are your general thoughts? What are your general thoughts on how the CA is how the CA is running now? I, I always um, I always think it's funny because oftentimes we see the same ideas raised over and over again. Like why are judges why are judges not allowed to be in a party? Why why should we you know like not allow judges? They should be allowed to be in any party they want. And a lot of these ideas, you know, we have this conversation with newcomers often enough where at some point, you know, you just kind of either dismiss it or roll your eyes and let it happen or don't make as eloquent of an argument as you did the first time or don't make any argument at all because you're lazy like me. And um, sometimes I think that the, the Senate is also because now the citizens assembly is literally the citizens, there might be a little bit too much power there where the, the, the Senate is like, shit, this is, these are the people who are voting for us. And, 
the people have spoken and they want this to happen. So there's like a lot more weight that the citizens assembly has these days that um, I'm not going to say I'm like comfortable, uncomfortable with, but I mean, it definitely means that when there are poorly thought out ideas, the Senate thinks about them way more than they should. (laughs) And so we end up in this weird situation where we can have bad ideas become law just because, you know, enough people were like, yeah, that's a good idea. And even if it's not, there's not great discussion sometimes in the, in the citizens assembly. Like that's something where we definitely can improve on is improving the quality of our, of our conversation. I will say though, as a positive, it really is a great question to ask, particularly newcomers now when they want to become senators, you can just be like, uh, excuse me, how many, how often have you participated in the citizens assembly? You know, you can be like really working on essentially like what we would, at least in the past, consider lower body, like lower legislative body work. Like where is your body of work as a legislator? Um, and that I think that people being groomed there, like, like, um, Grizzly, for example, um, is, um, is something that we can like point to for, for, for newcomers and for younger members. Um, and sometimes, you know, we ask them that question 13 times and the 13th time they run, they don't need to answer it because we elect them anyways. But, uh, so yeah, those are some of the changes that I've seen over time inside of the citizens assembly. Yes. Well, we've got five minutes left and I'm rather nervous of starting a topic that could, that they could do with 10 or 20 minutes of time. So I think... I think we'll leave it off here with an earmark that we'll have to come back and do another one of these in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always welcome to have this. We should definitely do like more of this stuff in general, not just for myself. Cause I, I, I love certainly, it. I certainly have a few ideas from, for some more shows from this one. Yeah. No, it would, it's always a pleasure to be on the radio with you. I really appreciate it. And thanks everybody for listening to me ramble about the, uh, the good old days, not so good old days. It's always fun. Thank you very much, Pierre Dre. It was an absolute joy to have you on. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to us. Stay tuned because we have another show coming up right after this with Lathan and Kat and myself doing a wait, wait, fun and games type of broadcast. And as it is the 10th anniversary of Europe here, do go and check out the forums and have fun with the celebrations and the various bits of interesting history that are being dragged up from whatever dark recesses they've been hiding in. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And I hope everybody has a great Euro 10 and another 10 after that. I hope to see you guys back here for Euro 20. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back after this.